We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, slash screen name Kirk Dees. I'm here with my two boys, uh, Brett Hartfield, Killer B2482, and the one, the only, Zumba instructor, entrepreneur, uh, this season's Yahoo Million Dollar Baller winner, uh, John Surabian, JSU Rab. How's it going, fellas? We're back for another week of the pod. Doing well, man. uh, I, oh, I JSU. Think, yeah, sorry. I, I just like had to kind of go in right now. Um, my girlfriend was very worried about me. She bought me these these uh, these glasses for my eyes because I'm just all I've been doing is sitting in front of the computer after last week's uh, debacle of lineups. I'm sure you guys have some uh, killer stories about last week because I know I didn't have any Nick Chubb or even Godwin. I just I, I didn't have anyone that went off. So. Uh, I'm sitting here right now. My eyes feel like they're on fire, honestly. So that's why I got these cool shades on right now. So you, you look guys can sexy. all poke fun at me. You look damn you. sexy. Thank you. Your girl knows what that. she's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm wearing them. All right. How badly did uh, you guys uh, get beat with uh, Gallman Disley chalk coming through? Like that, that, that tanks no, me. Like it I was had nothing to Gallman, Gallman did not tank me. If you guys listened to my take on the show last week, I thought he was good chalk and I was going to be a higher than the field in GPP. No, yeah, but, I remember that. You, yeah, you did I, say that. I, you were all in. It, you said you I, were all in. And it came out. Uh, no, I actually said I was all in on carry on, but that was uh-huh, dumb. But I, I didn't even end up there. All right. Um, yeah, no, it was a rough week for me. It was really stupid. So here's, here's, I'll give you mine quickly, my little spiel. Um, I, I did, I had way too many you know, pieces everywhere. So, you know, I used to focus on Yahoo, used to do my thing. I used to crush. Now I'm like mass entering 
DK, I'm playing cash on DK, I'm playing Yahoo. So last week was a debacle for me. It wasn't great because I, obviously I didn't, I didn't have Godwin, who has killed me. Even though he's Mike, my favorite player, he has killed me more than anyone this season because I was all in on him and Jameis week one. Then the week three, was it, when he went absolute, or when he did nothing and Evans went uh, nuclear? I was all in on him instead of Evans. And then uh, I just didn't have any really last week. And uh, But the thing that really cost me was on Yahoo. I, uh, I ended up making a, a GBP line and a cash line, and I had them both going to be the same, but I wanted to keep them separated. So I just I changed one player, Robert Woods and uh, DK Metcalf. I inter- were interchangeable price-wise. And so I had Metcalf sitting there in my cash lineup and I was supposed to go in and change it if I didn't like someone better or I didn't feel like I needed to change. And I started making four o'clock lineups and I just totally forgot about it. And I sat there like a moron with DK Metcalf on Yahoo, who was overpriced to begin with on Yahoo in cash, which just annihilated me. So stupid. So I made a lot of mistakes that way, but I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm going to, I feel so good about this week. Got to learn from the mistakes, Kirkwood. I will say DK Metcalf did uh, drop a touchdown and had like three or four end zone looks, but you know, that's yeah, but he was, he there. wasn't beating Robert Woods. Number one no, on the buy no, low no. air mark yards no. model or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it helps when your uh, quarterback drops back, what, 65 times. That was, I mean, such a, right, let's player. get off this, this yes, last week's slate. I'm, I don't want to hear any more about it. It was, it was a rough one for all yeah. of us. Let's, yeah. so, let's uh, put it that way. All right, so we're taping the pot a, a, a day early, so our takes are going to be a little fresher, I guess you say. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but uh, this week is going to be interesting. I actually really like it. I like it for GPPs because we don't, ha- we don't have Mahomes on the slate, right? we got 12 games. We don't have any monster totals. Like We're kind of forcing the monster total games, which is the, um, Atlanta, I guess, Houston. the Atlanta – Atlanta Houston which would be a good game and it would be it would be like the sneaky game on like a normal week right now it's all of a sudden the game and then we've got the the Bengals and uh Cardinals which I actually like and we'll get into this but like I I, it's scary right like these teams are both atrocious have the two worst offensive like just horrendous offensive lines um, but they do have really bad defenses um, and we, and they both have high paces. So we'll get into that. And there's also some, you know, some injury concerns for or people are out on each team so that, you know, we should have a more condensed target tree, but we're getting to the point where some of these players are just maybe just bad. Like uh, I don't know if any of you guys went down with the Trey Quinn or Paul Richardson last week. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, this slate is really wide open. You got, you got, and I guess we would normally be a really excited for a, a Bucks Saints game in the in the uh, in New Orleans in the Dome, but Teddy Bridgewater just it, this looks like the most anemic offense I've ever seen. Um, just atrocious. They they won twelve to nothing on just field goals last week in in the Dome. So then there's like so many wild like so many games that just look gross. So for GPPs, I think this is a great slate. I think it's completely wide open. And uh, how are you guys feeling about it? Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like there's a, a lot of games that stick out outside of the Houston Atlanta game. So um, you're right with the, the cheap value in Arizona and Cincinnati will be probably pretty chalky uh, where people go. But you look at you look at all the studs. I mean, running back wise, uh, a lot of good spots here. Uh, wide receivers um, going to be some chalky uh, wide receivers, and 
you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of uh, cheap value wide receivers. I think that pop up after um, these questionable tags get cleared up a little bit, but uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of different options, but not like any great uh, game stacks that I see. Um, I think there's a few that are, um, you know, probably under, going to be under owned and it should be interesting. Like I, I kind of like the, the Jets at Philly game if Darnold plays. Um, both Jets wide receivers, I think, are really in play there. So, um, but yeah, kind of interested to hear what you guys got. Uh, I mean, for me, I think, you know, you guys pretty much hit on the head where outside of like one game, maybe two, uh, I, I'm with you, Kirkwood. I, I do like that Cincy game. We can talk about it a little more as we well, go. Let, but... let me give you my quick take on it quick. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It feels, like right. MB- it feels like NBA where it's like the Hawks against the Suns like too bad or I, I don't whoever played at an even faster pace than the Suns because the Suns weren't very fast last season but like two high-paced crappy teams that just go go off right especially when there's like value to be had that's what it kind of feels like to me yeah it, that's exactly how I kind of see it is both of these defenses are just terrible they can't stop anybody and you know I mean that just sets up for offenses even weaker offenses to do well and you know yeah Kyler doesn't have probably Christian Kirk who looks like he's going to be out and you know they're down a few weapons but that just means he's going to use his legs more I think I think he's going to run a little bit more I think David Johnson they might try and uh, just kind of feed him in every way possible running maybe a a little more for him more running volume Um, a ton of receptions he's gotten 20 receptions uh 20 targets over his last two games I mean so we love that for the passing game for David Johnson I see that happening again I see him getting you know seven to ten targets in the passing game for sure without Kirk um and then Fitzy's just uh, obviously a great play so you can really key in on a lot of these guys since he's the same way you got Tyler Boyd um you can key on on him and Joe Mixon if you like the tight end situation you can take Tyler Eifert, but I mean, like you can really key in some of the top plays in this game very easily. Um, so that's why I like it is not just the pace, but it's really easy to pick out the guys you need from each team. Yeah. And the, the problem is, is that both of these offensive lines are terrible, but like these defenses are so bad that you hope that they just can, can make it happen. Right. And uh, here's, here's a, th- food for thought with uh, David Johnson right so I was trying to think about like how are they going to do this with you know we've got Farrell Cooper added into the mix we've got that Isabella guy that was like uh, preseason people you know he's, mm-hmm. I guess he's a high pick but like had the Cardinals don't seem to like him a lot of people are talking about I don't really know much about him or anything but what it what makes sense to me in my head is like Chase Edmonds is pretty pretty good he's not bad right like wouldn't it make sense like when they go to like downs where they would, where they would rest um, David Johnson a little bit or whatever, and put Edmonds in there, wouldn't it make sense to have David Johnson in there as a receiver and use both of them at the same time? Right. Start throwing him into like the slot, similar to what Jalen Samuel uh, did last week. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would like to see both running backs because I feel like uh, both running backs are legit uh, talented. Uh, so, I mean, w- one of two things are going to happen. And sorry, I'm, I'm being asked to take my glasses off. The uh, uh, camera is freaking uh, out. But the producer, you know, Dev is, Dev is asking me politely to take my glasses off. So I'm going to do it. Um, fans so, want to see those beautiful eyes, man. I, I, you know, yeah, that's the I difference between it. Simon and, you know, Simon would never do that. 
<laughs> but wow. I mean, here's the thing is they're going to run four wide receiver sets. So they're going to have two inside receivers. Now Kirk played a ton inside and so does Fitz. So with him out, I think you're right. It's either one of two ways. Either they play a lot of two running back sets where they uh, put David Johnson or Chase Edmond in one of those inside uh, positions, inside uh, receiver slots, or they play more Andy Isabella, or they kind of rotate between them because they don't seem – everyone's saying, like, oh, they don't seem to love Andy Isabella because they, like, signed Michael Crabtree and, like, played around with a bunch of outside receivers. But that's because Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are mainly inside receivers. So unless one of those guys goes out, there's no spot on the field for Andy Isabella. So it's not that they don't like him. They're just he, – he doesn't have a fit on that team unless he's playing inside. So that, that, that to me makes the most sense. So now does he just slot in for Kirk as the inside receiver, the second inside receiver to Fitz or they're talking Farrell Cooper. Like, is it Farrell Cooper? I mean, someone's going to take that role. I, I, I don't believe Farrell Cooper is going to run 90%. So here's the latest report. Latest report. Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury said rookie uh, Annie Isabel is going to play mostly outside wide receiver for the time. Wow. So that, right. that puts well, him like behind that. that puts him behind Keyshawn Johnson and Trent Sherfield. Yeah, but the, uh, listen, you don't want anyone that's playing the outside receiver for that team anyways, do you? Which makes me think that we're going to see extra David Johnson who's going to play some in the slot there. What do you mean with, extra? With he's him. already getting like I know, he's but like, like eight I feel like he's going to he, I feel like he's going to be he's going to be a legit receiver more involved upper or percentage of snaps in this game. Like no, gonna, Isabella really isn't going to be used because he's behind those that's two what it sounds guys. Like. That, that's what it sounds like. So yeah, then, we don't know. It, then it must be David Johnson. You're probably right. Maybe Chase Edmonds and David Johnson, maybe you can play them together. That's what I, I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. That's what I mean. That, that's something where, like, I think people are going to just have to make up their own mind on how they view it and see it. You could obviously just go the easy route and take DJ – but if you're playing like a Millie maker, I think Kirkwood's onto something where you could stack them both, honestly, and, you know, take Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to run too. He's going to use his legs, I think, a lot in this game. So I, I don't mind it, even if you just want to go him. Um, if you don't know who's going to, you know, you know, get the run or whatever. But I, I think him and DJ is the best pairing, personally, if you just – want like for sure and then it would be Fitz and then I mean it seems just so easy to just go go Murray uh Fitz and DJ and then uh run it back with either Mixon or Boyd it's too easy or 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 you can even throw because Tate's price is so low you can throw like I'm not opposed to running it back 12 I'm not like I'm not opposed to just going all in on this game either like Ricky D did with uh the uh Rams like you see what he did no I didn't see that that dude's a DFS legend. He went. Ab- he played a hundred percent. Winston Goff stacks on the main. I saw court. he crushed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw his lineups. He had a ton of Rams. What yeah, the nice part about the, uh, these two teams is they're both like uh, they're the top two in neutral situation pass rates. So we know that they both want to pass. Cincinnati passes uh, at a seventy-three percent clip, and Arizona at a sixty-nine percent clip. They both have obviously injuries here, so. I think I think you got to find the right value, but it, you know it's going to be tough to figure out what they want to do with that second slot. Because I mean, I agree. I don't think Farrell Cooper is going to be running too many routes. But if this does open up uh, David Johnson, 
and we do expect a huge uh, play increase. I mean, uh, the clock will be stopped with all the passes that they do uh, run here. So uh, I think David Johnson, yeah, perfect, perfect spot for him. I mean, I think he's my top running back, like at least on PPR sites. I, I think he's by far the top running back. I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. All right, so let's let's continue on down this uh, QB road. Let's stick to the same game for a second. So let's get some takes on Andy Dalton, who's coming in at under five percent owned per Jamino's uh, projections. Might might get a little higher. Um, I think you're going to like him, JSU, because you always like Andy Dalton. But they did look so horrendous the other night. But that was a completely different defense with the uh, the Steelers versus. Uh, the uh the cardinals here so what what are your guys takes on 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 dalton yeah i like a a dalton uh bounce back spot at home uh, versus this team i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely have uh like if i'm making 10 lineups on a site um i'd probably have at least one to two andy dalton lineups for sure i'll be stacking this game in a lot of different aspects but i actually do not like kyler murray maybe as much uh just i haven't felt good with his passing game, him getting it downfield. And I just not a believer in any of these uh, uh, pass catchers that have a monster game. So I'd rather buy like the, the smaller pieces, like getting the cheap uh, value wide receivers or David Johnson. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think that Andy Dalton, I think he's, I think he's a fine play. I mean, I prefer Kyler Murray personally. Um, I do think that Kyler makes more sense if I had to pick between two of these guys just because I think if they're going to have like real running success, like Kyler's going to be a weapon with his legs and through the air, you know, they're going to throw a ton, but I think he uses his legs a lot. Andy Dalton is really one dimensional. He doesn't really use his legs. So like you could easily see a scenario where Joe Mixon could have a decent game against this Arizona team that struggles against the run. Um, So like if I was to have to pick between one of the two, I think Kyler makes the most sense just because his targets, we already talked about it, DJ and Larry are just so easy to plug in. And then he's a weapon both through the air and on the ground. So I like Dalton, but I'm going to have more Kyler just because of that. Um, we also had a question uh, in the, the comments of last week's show about, you know, the amount of lineups that we play and if we could try to talk about what kind of contests we're talking about for each player. I know it gets a little hard, but um, – did I characterize this correctly? Like typically I know um, John, you're not a mass entry guy. You're like a anywhere from three to 20 lineup type of guy on, depending on the slate. Is that correct? Yeah. that Yeah. That's, that's right on. Um, I don't make more. I think the most lineups I've made this year is like 15 or 20 at most. Um, it's, it's actually the, the Yahoo contest was actually the first time I made I made uh, 25 or something that day, but that was the most I've ever made in any year ever. And that was like a 10 or $20 entry, but normal slates, like on DK, when we're talking, I'm, I'm making like, like Chris said, three, three to 20 or five to 15, somewhere around there lineups. And it all depends on the slate and what I'm entering and stuff like that. But you know, I, I I'm pretty consistent. I feel like, um, and what about those you? lineups? Brett. Yeah, but just a main cash and main GPP on every single uh, site. And then I just kind of look through the industry, uh, what's being offered. And then I usually focus one or two sites where I kind of produce like six to 10 lineups. So 
um, that's that's like you were you were saying at the beginning of the show, like how you feel uh, spread so thin. And I try to not to get to that point, but you know, I don't I don't formulate my tournament teams uh, and everything until late Saturday night until all the news drops. So I try and just focus on uh, maybe two sites to really produce a lot of lineups. So the way that we're kind of talking about these plays is that we're 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 talking about a condensed core of plays here that, you know, may be included in anywhere between three to 10 lineups, pretty much. I do mm-hmm. do some mass entry stuff. I'm trying to get better at that, but um, you know, I'll definitely say that for like large field, you know, mass entry type stuff, but pretty much the plays that we like, we're talking about plays that we like for our, you know, potentially even less than 10 lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So um, the, the highest owned quarterback here is Deshaun Watson. Um, and any of you guys going to take a stand with him? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, you have Kyler Murray at 6,300. It's tough for me to pay on DraftKings. It's tough for me to pay that price when you have Deshaun at 6,700. And again, in tournaments, I don't really, uh, look at quarterback ownership as much just cause it's so, so thin. Um, but even, even Matt Ryan, I think at 5,900, I mean, I, I'd like to have overexposure to both Deshaun and Matt Ryan in that game. Yeah, I mean, that, that game seems like the clearest uh, route that everyone's going to go to. I feel like Deshaun will be obviously the most popular in that game. But Matt Ryan will just garner some ownership, even though he's had a terrible start, just because that game is uh, is being, like, highly owned. So I, I feel like Matt Ryan uh, – He hasn't he, had he's a terrible a fi- start. Well, he's, he didn't have a terrible – I meant, like, a terrible four, game. Games. I know. He's had yeah. three, 20, 23 or more point DK games out of his last four and he had 19 last game but he had a terrible game like I watched he, that he entire became, game that was terrible like don't don't tell me that was a good game for Matt Ryan he was three yards short of becoming the fourth player in history to throw for 400 yards in a game without any touchdowns and interceptions uh, yeah and you call that good like is is that what you're saying like um no uh I don't, I want touchdowns, but uh, I think there's opportunity uh, for some, you know, regression on the touchdown side of things. And that, you know, he could certainly pop off for a big game. I mean, he's certainly passing the ball. They're certainly been playing from behind. Their defense is certainly in shambles. Um, Whenever they've been without uh, Keanu, um, what's his name? Neil. Keanu Neil. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, Whenever they've been without him, they've just been terrible as a defensive unit. And so I don't see that changing this week. So the opportunity is certainly there. Um, Their rushing has not been great so far. Um, We'll get to that. I kind of like. I think that's the the problem with him, though, a little bit. And teams are starting to catch on. Is like they're having no success through the ground, like on the ground. So which is really um, not helping him. Like I think from, you know, a touchdown standpoint and, you know, finishing drives and sustaining drives, really like you can't get into a rhythm if you can't get positive yardage on the ground and get three, four yards on first down when you're running the ball. If you can stop for negative yards sometime, which was happening in that game, like they were getting set up for second and 12 all the time where Matt, right. Like you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole when you run the ball on first down, you get negative two yards. Like you need to have success running to set up the throw. And both these teams have, have struggled with that. Like in the past, like they have the Houston struggles with it a little bit too, but like, I think, I I think we're all just saying like both these defenses are exploitable and 
both these quarterbacks are clearly super talented. Just, I think those are some of the problems with why they've struggled at times to finish. I think we'd all agree on that. Yeah. I mean, his yards per attempt were legit last game, but like I said, like, I think this is more about the run game, not being successful. Um, I mean, it was nice. It was nice to see Devonte Freeman get all the pass catching, but man, Ito Smith and Devonte, yeah, just nothing on the ground. So uh, if this is something like where they become just one dimensional, it's pretty easy to play against a one dimensional team. Um, well, I think what happened last week, I think Alex Mack, um, their center went down last week um, with an elbow injury. So that certainly hurt, hurt their running game. I don't know what his status is for this game. So that's something to monitor, uh, something I'll look at, but I do, I, I see positive indications for, for Devontae Freeman. I think he's had a tough schedule so far. I think he's going to break out and have a good game, but we'll get to that. So um, are you going to take, so what are you going to do with Deshaun Watson? Are you going to play more Matt Ryan, John, because of the ownership or what, what are you thinking? I, I mean, you can do that. I would, I wouldn't really worry too much about the quarterback ownership. Really. I think um, the, like the positions you, the position you worry the least about when it comes to ownership is quarterback. So I wouldn't really worry about that. I, I think Matt Ryan is a fine play. Um, Deshaun Watson's definitely better, but you know, ownership wise, you, you're getting him lower on, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really put that in like too much in your decision-making for me, honestly. All right. Uh, from there, we've got uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, we've got Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Um, these are guys that are next, just going down the list from Jamino's ownership, Jameis Winston um, at the Saints. Any of these guys doing anything for you? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be on Carson Wentz. Like I have him as a, a guy that I kind of want to be over-owned on. Um, Philly has the highest implied uh, for a team on this slate. And, uh, you know, if, if Jordan Howard doesn't get off early, like, I mean, I can see that him being a closer, but again, it's, it's kind of going to depend on Darnold. If Darnold plays, I think this game has a possibility of being a really sneaky shootout uh, style of game. Um, and I'm going to want to have a lot of jets exposure uh, to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have plenty of tournament teams with, uh, Wentz and then bringing it back, uh, you know, with uh, the Jets. So probably mostly like I feel very good about Ertz's spot here. Um, don't know exactly where I'm going to go with wide receiver yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I still like this spot overall uh, as a game uh, with with kind of a, a weaker slate overall, uh, a weaker slate of games anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, this sits up if Sam Darnold plays I mean he's got he's gonna play do you, I, I don't or, know I don't know like I feel like I feel like he, he's being optimistic play him. I, I feel yeah. like they should hold him out one more week like I I don't know why you would want to like just rush him back especially after you know obviously it was pretty serious like they didn't want to like do any like serious damage to him you know rushing him back too too early and stuff like that so I mean I don't I don't see why they would so if, if he plays, I mean, it obviously is better for the guys on that team, like Jamison Crowder, who maybe people will kind of forget, but like he was getting a ton of balls from Sam Darnold before he went out. Um, and he's very cheap and affordable, especially on PPR sites, you know? Um, so, and then the matchup is just very good. You know, it sets up for long passes. I think like Robbie Anderson would be in play. Um, if, 
you know, Sam Darnold played, but I, I just don't see him them running him out there. I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, if he played and he was healthy, I mean, I think that's a big if. Um, I would be totally interested if I, you know, had faith that he was healthy and felt pretty good because, you know, this Philly pass defense is completely decimated. You know, they uh, were ter- terrible. Now their top four guys are all going to be out for this game. So then I would have interest in Robbie Anderson would be the guy that I would want. Um, but, uh, man, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be Falk, and I think it's just going to be a gross yeah. Jets offense again. Darnold's uh, last com- comment on his spleen. It's good, I think. I don't really know. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a classic Kirkwood-like statement. That's uh, good, I think. I don't really know. <laughs> but, yeah, it seems he like people, he's I hope he has people that know. Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, so – you know who's popping in the the blitz? Ooh, what's here? And the blitz has been amazing so far this season. So I just want to let people know that. Uh, shout out to Derek Cardi. Um, but uh, the blitz optimals are all running Teddy Bridgewater right now. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm have a feeling that'll be tweaked, but I don't know. Um, you remember uh, last year that like the blitz was all over like Fitzpatrick that week that he went absolutely nuts. I think it was like the first week of the season. And everyone made fun of it, and it broke yeah. the slate. Um, I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to break the slate, but uh, I just thought that was really interesting. So I, I've been looking at, at builds, but, like, completely Xing out Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so Philip Rivers is an interesting guy, right? Like, he looks like he's going to – he didn't get much ownership last week for what he should have had. Looks like, you know, he would have been tremendous until that – because no game went off until that uh, – Rams game went went berserk but um I definitely you know am interested in playing him even you know against Denver who's just not been a great defense this season whatsoever um and you know I the with uh in all the injuries and Inman going down and them not gonna make I there's no way they're gonna make uh, Melvin Gordon a workhorse and they've already said he's they're gonna ease him in um I mean I think you you can go right back to a condensed target share with either you know, Keenan Allen, Eckler, or uh, Mike Williams could probably be the play this week, assuming he comes back and plays and is healthy, because um, Harris probably will travel with uh, Keenan Allen in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, that would make the most sense for them to shadow Keenan Allen. So if that's the case, Mike Williams would be the clear play um, in tournaments. He'll probably get low ownership too, just because you know, he's coming off the injury. People are going to want to see him. They, they might not know how much they'll run him out there, but if he plays, I think they're going to play him because they're going to need him out there. Like, you know, a lot. So, and he gets the best matchup by far, but it seems like, I feel like the matchup for Keenan Allen, like isn't lowering his ownership. Like you, sometimes you see when these, even these really good receivers are going up against good cornerbacks and they're shadowing them you sometimes see their ownership dip, but it's not really happening with Keenan Allen. Um, but I, I still think he's a, a, he's a great play. I just think like if he's going to be very high owned and he's going to have a, a good cornerback shadow on him, like Mike Williams makes the most sense if he's out there. Yep. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah. We have Keenan right now as the highest owned uh, wide receiver on DraftKings at 28.2, which seems really high. Um, but again, DraftKings hasn't raised his price to like the elite level that he's at. And I think like when you do have an elite wide receiver versus uh, one of the top uh, corners, uh, 
the ownership is usually never there. And I've probably made mistakes in the past with not go, uh, going strong. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be tough to swallow uh, if, if he's going to be 28% owned. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have that high ownership on him. All right. Uh, to close this out, there's a couple guys I want to touch on really quickly. Um, first, I want to get your guys take on, you know, nobody's going to play Kirk Cousins. This Giants defense is horrendous. They, you know, got, they looked a lot better than they are because it was Washington last week. Um, and we've got that narrative, right? We've got feeling complained out to the media. Diggs has already, you know, said that there's truth to him, you know, asking to, to, to leave, uh, to, to, to go to another team. So, I mean, everybody's barking right now. And this is a, a game that they should be able to handle um, in the Giants who've just been decimated um, through the air up until last week. Um, do you think there's anything to a potential sneaky Kirk Cousins play this week in tournaments? I'm, I'd be I'd be buying into that for sure. I've I've uh, kind of like already uh, created one uh, with the Viking stack. So, I, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be narrative narrative driven, but we know this Giants is uh, bad both uh, passing and running. I feel way better about Delvin Cook having the same role, um, but. Also, uh, I'd like to get some tournament exposure if the narrative kind of goes off. And uh, I'm I'm sticking to feeling uh, way over Diggs. I mean, obviously, we had Diggs not show up, and it wasn't injury-related uh, to practice. So makes me off of him because I don't know where he's at mentally and even what the team is at with him uh, and how much he's going to be worked into the game plan. So. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, honestly – it's narrative driven is your first way to go. But if you just look at the numbers, it also is a really good matchup, like a get right spot for Kirk cousins and for all these receivers, like, yes, they could run the ball all over the giants, but Kirk cousins, I mean, yes, he's been bad, but he could easily beat this secondary of the giants. I mean, Adam Thielen, Deandre Baker is going to be on him for a lot of this game. Like Adam Thielen is going to eat him up. Um, I mean, Stefan Diggs is just super talented. You saw, I mean, Mike Evans is obviously a really good receiver, but you saw what he did against Janoris Jenkins, who isn't, I don't think he's a terrible cornerback. I would say, I just think like he sometimes is a little lazy. Um, but like, he's not as awful as people think, but he's absolutely susceptible to being beat, uh, on deep routes and Diggs could obviously do that. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy into this, but it also has like the numbers kind of support it as well. Like it's not just narrative for me. Like the numbers really do uh, support this stack. I think. Right. It's all about knowing their offensive philosophy. If they're willing right. to give into uh, players demands or players like, you know, bickering. I mean, you don't want to lose a guy like Stefan Diggs to trade, man. I mean, like, this is a spot where I think you've got to make people happy and you can win with the pass. Uh, it's just how, how much do they want to refocus that offense? Uh, and, 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 and here's the thing too, right? If you don't fully buy into Kirk cousins, like just throwing all over the giants, just take one of the receivers and then stack them with Dalvin cook mm-hmm. play them both. Cause it, like, honestly, it, it's going to go one of two ways. Like I feel like either Kirk cousins is thrown all over this team or, one of those receivers is going to have a good game and Dalvin cook's going to rush for 150 yards and a touchdown or two. Like, give, I feel like it's going one of those ways. Right. Give it up to uh, Saquon. You guys see him working out already with that high ankle sprain. Like he's, he's like doing cuts and everything. 
Yeah, but absolute beast. It would be stupid for the Giants. I hope he back. plays against the Pats because I got tickets for that game. So can can you imagine FanDuel has him at forty five hundred? I think. Yeah, they do that like, to all their injured players. They just how like, how dumb minimum. is that? I like, know. All right. We're going off on tangents. We're trying to stick to a schedule here. <laughs> we don't have a schedule. I, I gotta bring Kirkland. order. To the, I gotta bring wow, order Kirkland. to the show. So then, my other guys I want to touch on: Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, uh, the Pats are playing Washington. I mean, they should absolutely annihilate them. Um, and uh, Sony Michelle, you know, this could be a Sony Michelle game, but this could be just Brady, you know, just on the gas the entire time, just had in their numbers here and uh Jamino's got him low owned so what are your guys thoughts and then uh Aaron Rodgers you know he's he's not expensive except let's, uh, hit, on, let's big... hit on every quarterback why don't we just go down well, that's the it that's it that's how we, then we're then we're done yeah I have no interest uh in either or I don't hate uh the Brady one but I think Rodgers without uh Devontae Adams it doesn't make sense to me yeah to that, go that... there that's a definitely a, a, a downgrade, but and I, I also see, stackable with guys like, uh, you know, MVS or Geronimo. Right. It's, it's just mainly me uh, predicting that that game is going to get ugly. Um, you, you have a Dallas team without their left tackle, their stud left tackle. Uh, I just see a lot more running with Zeke there. And I just, I don't think there's going to be as many plays and um, just, just feel like it's going to be a tough situation for Rogers who hasn't looked good this year without his main weapon. So you, you brought it up right there. Like the left tackle is a big thing because, uh, you know, obviously the left tackle, uh, is huge for the quarterback, like protecting the quarterback and those deep routes are going to be a little tougher to connect with for Dak Prescott. If he doesn't have as much time, you know, obviously from Smith not being there. Um, so that lends me to believe they're going to try and run the ball. Obviously, that's what they try and do every game. Yes, but they're going to do short passes, quick, get the ball out of his hands, and then run the ball as much as possible and just drain this clock. And I, I feel like Brett's right. Like this game, it's going to be uh, – the volume's not going to be there for me to want to stack this game up. I think you could take a player from each side, but I, I don't think I'd want to fully stack this game up because I just don't see it being – a back and forth game i mean i could certainly make the case for like playing uh zeke who should have his way with the way that uh, the packers have defended the run totally. and then uh and then taking a cheap you know stacking him with a cheap uh rogers and you know scanling or probably mvs to be honest with you but um i mean it's just so cheap I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. the last time the last time Tyron Smith was out, uh, it was in 2017, and in those four games, Cowboys scored seven, nine, twelve, and six points. So, um, not sexy offense without him. And I know right when he got hurt in the fourth quarter, uh, man, the left tackle looked really bad. He got beat multiple times, and Dak was just getting rid of the ball uh, versus Saints. So, I don't know. This is a spot where I just think they run the ball, uh, which is kind of. You know, you know, their offensive philosophy definitely has changed this year, but I think they go right back to uh, Zeke here. All right, uh, let's move on over to our running back. I mean, then there's going to be a ton of really bad, you know, low-owned guys, like potentially like uh, Chase Daniels or uh, – uh, we'll see if Josh Allen plays. Or I mean, any – you know, this could be a week where like any quarterback could, could get it done for you. Um because there's not a, I don't think there's like slate breaking upside. So man, everybody's in play for me, but let's move it on over to running back. Um, 
you know, it's going to be no, no secret that the uh, Christian McCaffrey is leading the way for our ownership projections here. Um, then we've got Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Zeke. These are some of the top guys. Eckler might get, might lose some because people are worried about uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, but um, you know, and David Johnson. And then we've got Aaron Jones with Williams potentially out, you know, finally going to, going to be the, the, the bell back that we've been waiting for you know and he's he's pretty inexpensive so uh these are some of the guys that are popping ownership who are you guys like first thoughts yeah my first thought is just uh in Pittsburgh like if Connor uh, so Connor did not practice today um you know if we do get that dirt cheap value of Jalen Samuels it's gonna change it ain't ain't happening you don't think so? I don't. He hasn't. He didn't practice today, man. Like I I feel. I I don't. I don't think it happens either. Yeah. I think he's fine. I think he just. They put him back in after the injury. Like after he injured his ankle, they put him back in. So I I don't think they would have put him back in if like, you know, it was towards the end of the game. They already had the game kind of sealed, and they still put him back in. I don't know why they did that. Anyways, didn't really make any sense, but um whatever i mean if if that's the case it's he's the most obvious play in the world samuel so we don't have to really even worry about that right if if you believe in and them moving forward though with the two running backs like the way they uh utilized them last game though jalen samuel at 4100 is still a great play and ownership wise will be very low so yeah i I just but i I don't believe in that gimmick offense like that uh, you know baltimore is gonna that was against a bad defense. Like Baltimore is a much better D and everyone's going to say, well, Nick Chubb ran for 170 yards or whatever. But like, yeah, Nick Chubb is like, I think one of the better pure talented running backs in the entire league. Um, Baltimore is obviously going to like focus on that. They're going to watch the Pittsburgh game, make Mason Rudolph throw the ball downfield, which he's like, like he obviously they don't want him doing that a ton. So uh, Baltimore is smart. They're going to force him to, they're going to come up in the box and they're going to force him to throw the ball down the field and make him beat like one-on-one coverage. I don't think they're going to be able to just do that gimmick offense the entire time. Now that teams have seen it, they have tape on it. They're going to be ready for it since he wasn't ready for it. That was the first time they rolled that out really all season. And since he's just horrendous, um, and the funny thing is I scoured, like, uh, I was like putting in a lot of time for that showdown slate. And I was thinking like this, it makes so much sense for them to use Samuels. And I played them. Um, I had a decent amount of them, but um, I, I didn't have the uh, Pittsburgh D or whatever, but with them. But uh, the funniest thing is the first report I read out of like Pittsburgh, like local guys was like, since they're definitely not going to be using, utilizing Samuels in this game. And I was like, oh, so like, if I just got like, them to if they just said like this is going to be the game and Samuel's going to break out I would have been like had so much more Samuels because I was just looking for that and then this guy just shot that down and uh he didn't know anything um <laughs> you did clearly yeah it's funny it, it was like the first thing that they said it's just funny to me um all right so I think David Johnson is going to go up in the ownership right like Jamino's got him down not even one, now? two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got him as the eighth highest owned. I think he's going to be the second highest owned behind McCaffrey. May even be the first highest by the end of this week. I think he's going to get a lot of love by shows like us and everyone else. Not like that we're moving ownership, but other shows that are moving ownership. Um, and uh, so I think. I he's mean, I don't get- know how he's not up there already. 
Yeah, guy. I think like, he'll be changing that. He's a well, clear. He's a clear. Like he's a volume back. He's gonna with Kirk out. It's only even clearer that he's gonna see those targets consistently without Kirk. Like that's what that says. Yeah, I just I think it's just that you have every stud running back on the slate, though, right? I mean, you you have the the McCaffrey, the Cooks, the Zeke, the Kamaras. So I I can see a lot of that being taken out of the David Johnson. So you're um, saying like them paying like because he's seventy five hundred, he's too close to those guys. Like so, if people are paying up, they might try and get the extra money to to get up to Kamara, Zeke, Cook. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of those guys are going to take a lot of the ownership. I mean, McCaffrey 100% is going to be the highest owner out of that group. But then uh, I, I see a lot of people still going to Cook and Zeke for sure. I don't know. Kamara, I don't think will be that popular. But David Johnson, to me, like with, with the injury, with the pace, with the amount of plays, like he's right there. Like I, I love him this week, so. Can we t- can we talk about McCaffrey? Because like I, I'm, I have a pretty strong like stance on him this week where I – I don't think I'm going to have a ton of him. And yes, it, ownership is one of the reasons, but I think another reason is like, are we like Jacksonville's defense is they're a solid defense. You know, Ramsey should play. Um, do they just like force Kyle Allen to like beat AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey on the outside and like just stack the box and force him to throw downfield? Like, cause that, that seems to me like the, like, what they would try and do. And Obviously, McCaffrey's going to get his dump offs. You know, he's going to get his. They, they run certain plays where they're just like swing plays that are like clear, just like they're. He's the number one, you know, point of the play where he just gets easy passes and easy easy catches, and you know, obviously that's easy points. But like, I don't know. Like, if he gets you like twenty at chalk, like I think you could beat that. And I, I think Kamara comes in lower owned, like as a tournament play. I think. If Zeke's lower on than McCaffrey, I think he's great in tournaments because, like, we, we, me and Brett both said, anyways, like, we think it's clear they're going to try and run the ball as much as possible. And, you know, Zeke's going to obviously be heavily used in that. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't like McCaffrey as much as the field, I guess. What, what, what are you guys' takes on that? Because I, I just see a, I see a way where Jacksonville can kind of keep him in check, where if he's getting you 18 to 21, you're not really that upset, like, that, that you faded him. Right. We we do talk a lot about defensive philosophy on this show. And it's like, if you're playing Carolina, how do you not just focus all your, like your focus, I mean, on stopping Christian McCaffrey. So it's like, make, make the young kid uh, beat you through the air. And like, I mean, think about how big Christian McCaffrey's day could have been if it wasn't for, um, uh, for Kyle Allen, uh, just fumbling, I think three times he had three turnovers. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what I see too. But like, I, I don't mind taking that stance in tournaments, but I mean, I have to pay up for just the, the amount of workload that McCaffrey gets at 8,700. I think he's as safe as it gets in cash, but uh, I like to take in tournaments for sure. to go. This isn't a cash show, Brett. We don't want, All we're right. not talking here, about cash. We want to win tournaments here. <laughs> right. Here it is. Christian McCaffrey played every single snap on offense. He got touched the ball on 54% of the plays. He is now on in Allen's two starts has a 23% target share. Um, The next high, and he's tied for the lead, uh, the lead with uh, Samuel. Um, You're looking at their number one receiver, their number one running back who's on the field for every single play. 
Now, yes, you're you're correct. It's a tough matchup. It's Jacksonville, um, and they are probably going to do some start smart things. But this is you can't deny that volume and that opportunity. It's it's not and denying it, but if but if you're if you're just looking at it in tournaments and he's thirty percent owned, and you have if Elliott comes in at fifteen percent, or you know if David Johnson comes in at you know twelve percent or whatever we have him at, like. I don't know. I just feel like in tournaments, I feel like those plays, those pivots are much better with the, the ownership um, that you're getting on those guys. I think they could easily match McCaffrey too. That's the other thing. It's not like we're taking, you know, like Royce Freeman, you know what I mean? To pivot off, you know, guys that don't have the ceiling, we're taking guys with the ceiling that are just going to be much lower owned. And I think in tournaments, you're not, especially if you make one lineup, if you're listening to the show and you make one lineup, and you're playing it in like the Millie maker. If you're not fading these guys, even guys in great spots, um, like, you know, like you can just say McCaffrey, no matter what is in a great spot. Like you should be fading those guys because it's the only way you're beating 200,000 entries or 300,000 entries. That's the only way you're going to win. Like you're not going to win playing all the chalk. You have to fade some of that chalk. All right. You don't have to fade at all, but like you need to fade some of those guys that are going to be 30%. So, I mean, I feel like in tournaments, it makes the most sense to fade McCaffrey at the running back spot. Yeah, I hear you, but uh, I'm going to have a, a good amount of McCaffrey. Um, all right. And I will have none just for your, just for your good amount. I will have none and that'll even us out. All right. I appreciate so if we that. see a JSU lineup with uh, C-Mac, we, we have you to will not, like, just call no, them You will not see on DraftKings, you will not see a JSU lineup with right. Christian McCaffrey. I will guarantee – and FanDuel, All guaranteed. Right. So Leonard – other guys, Leonard Fournette, uh, all of a sudden, you know, did the undertaker, ro- rose from the dead, you know, that, that gif um, – last week against the uh the broncos how's he uh, score no touchdowns in that game and he's the, but he's still the so touchdown regression is happening he's gonna yeah. get touchdowns um carolina is is really strong through the pass so this just sets up for him you know again but what do you guys what do you guys do you guys like i mean this is another guy who's yes he did actually lose some snaps last week um but that's probably just for rest purposes he was down to 84 percent of the slaps uh snaps but uh i mean he's a volume guy so do you guys like him yeah i mean at, at like 2300 dollars less than mccaffrey i mean with almost the same type of snaps and usage that that mccaffrey's getting obviously not as worked into the uh the pass game but uh for how bad both those offenses are i mean you're getting a huge uh, price decrease here so uh, I, I definitely like Fournette. A um, few other guys that I would have exposure at this range. Um, but yeah, Fournette, uh, I'll be right there. Um, probably a little bit more than the field. Yeah, uh, for me, Leonard Fournette's a guy who I, I'm i just not, I haven't really been into this year. I think from a volume standpoint, he's a fine play. Um, he's very, he's pretty cheap actually for like how much he's playing and how much volume he is seeing so like I have no problem with it I just I'm, I'm gonna be more exposed to guys around his price like Joe Mixon who I think uh has one of the better matchups on the entire slate at running back but um you know it, it's one of those things where he hasn't had that great of a start to a season but I could see this as like 
a ceiling game. Terrible for him. offensive line, but I love well, him. That's I love that's him. why he that's why he's had a, a terrible start. It's because yeah. of the offensive line, clearly. But, but it's um, not like he he ever looks bad. Nixon always looks good. You no, know? Yeah, and if he's line. getting the volume and this pace of play goes up like we think it will, it makes a lot of sense for Mixon. So I mean I, I'm going to have a bunch of mix in. He's getting targets too. I love him. Yeah. Yep. Love him. Um, all right. Um, Eckler. I kind of like Eckler a lot, especially if he's going to fall out of favor here. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I was actually surprised with his ownership uh, and like how uh, high people are projecting him. I thought, I thought people would be for, for sure off him with the Melvin Gordon news, but this could be another two running back situation. Um, I know we've already kind of talked a little bit about how hurt the wide receivers are. Um, this could be a spot where Eckler is lined up in the slot um, a little bit more often, just, you know, putting, putting most of their talent out on the field. So I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it's obviously a tournament only play, but uh, I'll probably be actually under owned from the field if we're going by Jumino's ownership today, which is, 12 and a half percent on DK. So um, I just would rather buy other people where I'm, I feel a little bit better about the situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I don't mind him for tournaments. I think they will line two running backs up at some points and they will like uh, use him in the passing game more, line him up at receiver a little bit. Um, so that makes sense. I think that's why his ownership is still like somewhat up there and it's not like, very low um, because he should be using the passing game. They need, they need help in the passing game right now. They're down a few uh, players. So it, it would make a lot of sense. I I'm just not, I'm not as high on it. I don't think as, as Chris is for tournaments, but I, I still don't mind it. I just don't think they're going to use Gordon too much, but we'll see how that shakes out. Um, Aaron Jones. I want to hear your guys thoughts. I'm off of Aaron Jones. I just, I, I know, uh, you know, we think that he's going to take a huge share of the uh, backfield, but uh, Lafleur has kind of consistently said that he doesn't want to give Aaron Jones enough work. Um, it's kind of bit me in the past when I was confident that he was going to start overtaking. So um, I don't expect Jamal Williams to play, but forget uh, something Williams that they have as their third string running back. I do expect him to have a role. It's a um, Danny Vitale. Oh yeah. I think that, I think there's another running back. Vitale, I think is more of their fullback, but um, it's just, it's just me not being a believer in this game overall. Uh, that has me off of Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be on him. Either. I'm going to be more on Zeke. Uh, I'm going to have less Aaron Jones. I, it's not that I'm not on him. I'm just not going to have as much of him because I'm going to have more of Joe Mixon, um, more David Johnson. I think I'm going to have uh, a little more Derrick Henry too. Taylor Lewan comes back. I see this as being a very ugly game um, where there's not a ton of people I want, like from a fantasy perspective, but Derrick Henry is probably the one guy from this game that I am going to have a good amount of. Um, like I said, especially with Lewan coming back, that's just going to bolster there. O-line I think it's going to help him a lot he's looked real good to start the season I think and uh it's only going to be better uh with that O-line being better so uh, I like him a lot uh in tournaments today I think he comes in lower ownership so I like him and then one other guy I I, I don't know I'm still debating on if I'm going to go here but Ronald Jones has looked pretty 
pretty good. And the coaches came out and said that he's getting better every day. They like him. You see his snaps go up. He had like, I think it was two big runs called back on holding plays. I think one was like a 50 yarder and one might've been a little longer, but like he could have had like 170 yards on the ground or something like it was something crazy like that. If it wasn't for all these holding calls. So, I mean, it, it it's not like uh, the best matchup against New Orleans, but I don't know, 4,600 for a guy, if his snaps continue to go up and like, he's looked good. I mean, what are you guys' takes on it? I, I think I might be in for tournaments, especially uh, large field GPPs. So, I mean, what about you guys? Yeah, I'm, for me, like it would be tournament only. Uh, it's just it's a thing like where he's just not involved in the pass game. Dario Ungumboale uh, is still kind of like their third down guy. So, Ronald Jones has, when he had targets, I believe he's only got uh, five or I think it's actually three targets. Um, he has looked good in each one of those catches. Uh, kind of saw a video where they did all three of them, but yeah, uh, obviously the work share of the, the running, uh, percentage has gone up each week, which is nice. It's just a spot where I feel like he can get, uh, if Tampa Bay is not a, uh, in the lead that he just gets worked out of the game. Uh, yeah, I just I'm don't on... see that with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think they're going to be like, I don't know. I, I think Tampa can keep it close. That's, that's just my thought but if you don't think they can then I, then you shouldn't play ronald jones that's for sure because you're right they need to be somewhat close in this game so my 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 thing is is that this is still a running back by committee i mean he took the lead ronald jones did certainly i think he certainly is the most talented and should be the guy playing but you know they're going to still use peyton barber or some um and then they have whatever uh, however killer b pronounced that guy i'm not even gonna try <laughs> Dari. Yeah. From UW Madison, baby. He he did a good um, job pronouncing it. I, oh I no, I stuttered. <laughs> I'm not even gonna attempt it. But I mean, uh, and 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 then and then the Saints defense looks good, man, and they're really good against the rush, and uh, and I think they're just gonna be passing. So what what would his ownership be if he had those two big runs? Like, I feel like it would be way up there. Like, <laughs> I I just feel like if he had those two big runs his ownership would be skyrocketed right now. And he's at 2%. Like, so I feel like if you're taking a shot and you have one lineup and you're throwing it in a million maker, like, I think he's a guy you could take a shot with. Um, but you know, I, I get what you're saying though. It's still, a, it still is a running back by committee. I think he takes over that eventually though. And uh, I think we're starting to see it slowly. Um, I do like your Derek Henry play a lot. Um, I don't think people are going to want to play it because it's that against the bills, but this is a, especially if Josh Allen plays, doesn't play, this is a game that they should just control, you know, being home favorites. Um, Henry played 75% of the snaps, which is close to the most he's ever played in his entire career. And this was against a team that you like to attack through with passing running backs. He's seen more targets, I believe, um, than Deion Lewis. Uh, He ran more routes um last week then uh Deion Lewis uh and the Bills have certainly we know he's the goal line back right and the Bills have certainly allowed rushing touchdowns forever and uh so this is a guy that I, I like a lot I don't think people are going to play him yeah you guys got me sold on that play like I just feel really strong especially um with Tennessee's defense being a lot better than I first assumed uh 
yeah, this seems like a, a good spot for Derrick Henry just to go uh, crazy, crazy big, get a lot of uh, carries. So I like that spot. And I know John likes him. Um, all right. What are, what are some other – any other uh, plays we got to discuss here? I'll go quick with Jordan Howard. Like, I just feel like this is a spot where Philly should be able to impose their will, uh, being two touchdown uh, favorites. Uh. It's it's obviously not sexy. You but are a he, truther, my man. You are. Hey, a did you need? Did you should have won showdown the other night. You didn't play showdown though. Yeah, sexy, sexy with uh, the amount of targets he got versus the Packers, and like this is a spot where they should be able to get off uh, running the ball. But I mean, I do expect Miles Sanders to take more and more of the workload, so I actually don't mind either or. Um, but I'd probably lean towards Jordan Howard just because Miles Sanders has not had one carry within the five. So just expect a lot of Philly scoring and uh, running the ball for touchdowns. John, uh, any, any final, no. any final plays you're missing? I, I think Phil no to Jordan Howard. And uh, I think, I think, Oh, you like Philip Lindsay talk, yeah, talk about him real quick. Cause I'm a little bit. Um, well, I, I, I think it's just hit or miss right with him and Royce Freeman. I think the potential's there for him always to end up, you know, if things break your way, right. And, you know, low ownership and, uh, if he if he can get the the touchdowns so he's a he's just a guy that I, I mean it's nothing there's no like secret formula there yeah so I, I mean I think that right now you're still seeing like somewhat of a clear split even though share, Freeman yeah. did see 61 percent of the snaps but for some reason they came out they like him as uh, you know a pass blocker and in the pass catching game and they said it and that's why he played a little more um I think because they were down and they, they kind of needed him in there or their uh, best pass blocker. And uh, they like him in the pass game. And he's seen, I think um, around five or more targets in his last three games or something like that. So, I mean, they are throwing him the ball. The volume is there um, for Royce Freeman. And I just feel like it's a spot where if anyone goes here, it's they're going to Lindsay, not Freeman. So I think, um, it's an interesting pivot. I, where, I have no problem with Freeman either. I think yeah, you just have to, things just have to break your way, the you know break your way with either of them, and so they're yeah. they're they should be in play for GPPs. Um, all they right, can absolutely have success on the ground too against the Chargers. Like that's one thing Chargers can get gashed in the run game. Um, let's bring it over to wide receiver. We'll try to make this quick. So we're uh, running over time here. Um, Jamino's got uh, Keenan Allen. As the highest owned, Larry Fitz, Michael Thomas um, certainly looks really cheap, especially with the uh, the low volume passes that um, he's going to see from Teddy Bridgewater. And I mean, this guy's still a beast. Um, it's not out of the question to say that they can't, you know, he can't catch a touchdown in this game. And if he does, then he certainly could blow up at that price for 6.6K on DK, at least. Um who else uh, is in the mix here from ownership? Um, I guess he's, he's got Chris Godwin up there because people are going to run right after that, but I, I doubt he'll be get a ton of ownership. Then we've got Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate. We want to touch on that. The, you know, he looks good to me. Um, he, you know, broke out two weeks ago, certainly backed it up again uh, last week in a game where they just couldn't get anything going. This is a game they should get something going. He's a big big guy um, a nice big target uh, for Dalton so 3.5k he does look like a good good chalk to me um, where, what are you guys thinking 
Yeah, I'd probably rather go Auden Tate than the Keyshawn Johnson play. Um, Auden, Auden, I mean, we've kind of seen it already. Um, but yeah, like you said, not like a super athletic guy, just a big target guy. Um, but yeah, just a spot where uh, I feel a lot more confident in Cincinnati getting off uh, with their uh, with the pass uh, versus Arizona than I am on the Arizona side of things. Yeah, uh, for me, I like any ins- really the inside receivers for uh, Arizona. So Keyshawn uh, Johnson will probably play the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't like any of the outside receivers. Like that's just how I'm playing it. So um, obviously Larry's in play there. And we talked about earlier, David Johnson, maybe Chase Edmonds in a large field GBP. Um, if you think he's going to get more run, but uh, other guys, you know, I mean, Cincinnati guys, we already talked about, I'm, I'm, I'm on both those guys. Auden Tate did get two end zone uh, targets, you know, one Dalton just kind of overthrew him a little bit and one he, he just missed, but he's a big target. They, they're going to use him in the, in the red zone and in the end zone too. Um, so I, I, I like him too. I think there's no problem with him. And even at 15% for what we haven't projected at right now, which I think that goes up a little bit, but like, that's still pretty good. Even if he gets to 20, that's still pretty good for a guy who's 3.5 K. And, you know, I, I think he has a good shot at seeing eight to 10 targets. I mean, that's all you, if you're, if you're 3.5 K receivers getting you eight to 10 targets, I mean, that's, that's a ton. That's, that's a victory right there. You know, what he does with them, that's, that's a different story, but if he's getting it, that's all you can really ask for. So right. I like it. Yeah. A great tournament pivot off of Auden Tate, and I don't know how popular this will be, is Kiki Kute. Um, we saw it multiple times last year where he kind of just came in after being out and then just got peppered with targets. It seems like I've been hearing so much on Will Fuller, so much on DeAndre Hopkins. I haven't well, it looks like Kenny it. Stills is going to play now. Oh, it does. Okay. That's news to me. So, Well, um, he's uh, – here, I'll pull it. So he practiced again today. Um, okay. So that's that would obviously like, change like, a lot. Yeah, I think that kind of kills. Yeah, kills I think you're right. If Kenny Stills wasn't going to play, I think Kiki would be a, a s- smart pivot, but obviously stay up on that. I mean, I'm I'm on Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen has a great matchup against DeAndre Baker, who we'll see a good amount of. Um, and I just think he shreds lesser competition. Like, in, in, in you'll see it. And they're obviously going to put, um, you know, try and – get him in situations, Kirk Cousins and him, like get him throwing the ball down the field to Thielen and Diggs. Um, so I, I have no problem with either of those guys, but I do have a lean towards Thielen. And then don't forget on FanDuel, Golden Tate is minimum price. For some reason, they forgot to price him up because they don't do that on FanDuel. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I like Golden Tate. Like, I think, I think he's a guy who um, is going to end up being the number one receiver just like overall on that team I think he'll be like their main guy I know it's a tough matchup but they're gonna move him all around the field I think so I mean he'll see it a little bit outside inside so I mean I wouldn't worry about the matchup too much and I I like him at his cheap price both DK and FanDuel I think he's a great play yeah big thing to know too suspension and not injury so like he should be back like 100% fresh legs oh baby I just saw I just browsed the uh, the buy low air model, um, and what do you uh, got? <laughs> if I mean, this thing crushes every single week. Um, 
I mean, it, it doesn't get, it's not hundred percent accurate. It doesn't get, get them all, but it's all like one, these guys go off. Like Robert Woods was up there last week. I mean, the guy that's killing me every week on there is Marquise Brown. He's on there again, but Adam Thielen is right up there. Um, coming in at uh fifth on the, on the model and Diggs right behind him. So man, this, if you can just buy into that narrative once and make this a get right spot for Kirk Cousins, uh, there's just so much upside there. I, so I'm, I'm, I like that. DeAndre Hopkins is on there. We haven't talked about Hopkins, Hopkins and Julio, right? These guys are going to be massively owned. We got to take a stand on some of these guys. I know um, I, I like Julio. I like Ridley in this game too, as well. And I like, and everybody's talking about Will Fuller. Um, I, I don't think this is the Will Fuller week. I think this is the Hopkins week where it's just completely Hopkins. Um, so I know Fuller's cheap and offers that upside in this game, but uh, I, I love Hopkins. What are you guys at with, with uh, Julio and Hopkins? Yeah, for me, it's, it's going to be does Kenny Stills play, and then I'm going to go from there. But I think Hopkins, you got to have uh, a decent percentage of that game uh, in general. So between Hopkins and Julio, I think it'll still be somewhat under own the, the elite wide receivers versus the elite running backs. I see a lot more ownership going towards the running backs. So I think just that alone, if you spend up at wide receivers, you're already going to be kind of making your lineup somewhat um, under owned. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously the stacking opportunity in the Atlanta Houston game is going to be huge, but kind of really need to know if Stills is going to play before I, I start really uh, saying like anything too descriptive about what I want there. Yeah, and I wonder too, I mean, these projections, I wonder if they're based off of Kenny Stills being presumably out, where I wonder if Kenny Stills, if he gets ruled in, lowers the ownership of what we're seeing right now is Chalky, Will Fuller, um, and Hopkins, just because there's another guy involved. And I mean, people saw the offense with him in there. They didn't really perform. I, I mean, I think Hopkins, you're right, uh, Chris, I think he could absolutely eat in this matchup, but Will Fuller is, I mean, he was like, you know, fingertip away from catching a 70 yard bomb. Like, you know, I mean, he has the ability to, you know, absolutely smash at his price. So, I mean, I I still think he's someone you can look at, but you're right. D hop is uh, the tourney kind of play. If you wanted to fade, the chief will fuller um, and go D hop. I want fuller when he's, when he's not going to be owned. Well, I think if stills is ruled in, I think fuller's ownership drops. That's, that's my opinion. I I think if stills gets ruled in, I think you see fuller's ownership drop. Um, But, uh, and it's not the greatest of all matchups because, you know, like, like uh, Atlanta likes to do that bend no break, you know, where they, they play their zone and uh, I'm not saying Fuller can't get, can't get deep, but I think it's less likely. And I think the team, the guy, the receivers that just absolutely crush the Falcons are the ones who just get peppered with target after target after target. And that, that feels like Hopkins to me. I, I, I think Fuller could beat zone. I, I like him against zone defenses. He, he was with Carolina played zone and he was, like I said, so close. They, they just missed on a 75-yard touchdown, and he beat two defenders. Like, he had, like, a clear two or three steps on those defenders. Yeah, I'm not saying it can't happen. I, I think it definitely can happen. I just – I think he's just getting too much love for me at this point. Um, all right. Um, 
Mike, yeah, I didn't hear anything. Did we, did you guys talk about Michael Thomas at all? Uh, yeah, uh, JSU did. Okay. Just, yeah, just saying how he's and underpriced. I, I, I think yeah. you, or actually, well, I, I, I talked about, it was Kirk I did, but I, yeah. I was saying if you guys mentioned him. No, I, I mean, at that price, I mean, that seems like one of the biggest misprice out there, right? I mean, and, and it's based upon his quarterback more than anything, but he is still the main focus when they're throwing the ball. I mean, the efficiency is just out of this world. It's been out of this world for the last, you know, year and a half. We're talking about the price on DraftKings, like to be clear, right? Yeah. At 6,600, his price over on FanDuel is. He's over like 75. He's like 75, 7,700 on FanDuel. So closer to maybe the elite pricing over there. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a spot where how efficient they are and, you know, it's a great matchup versus Tampa Bay. It's the the only thing here that's holding him back is Teddy Bridgewater. So I think he's a perfect, perfect tournament play. Uh, even though ownership probably is going to be high, it looks like right now he's second highest uh, with Jamino or third highest. So I, I mean, I still like it a lot. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind it either at that cheap price, but I'll probably stay away from it on FanDuel just uh, DraftKings only. A guy who looks good to me also is Cortland Sutton. Anybody, any yeah, takers? I, I agree with uh, Casey Hayward. It looks like he's going to be shadowing uh, Emmanuel Sanders. And if that happens, then, I mean, Cortland Sutton is the clear guy who should have the best route, at least from a receiving standpoint, at, um, you know, making big plays and being targeted heavily. Um, we've already seen it really this year. I mean, the guys had eight, seven, seven, and nine targets his first four games. So, I mean, guy's a beast you know we saw two touchdowns last game and his ownership really shouldn't be that high so I mean you're still going to get a guy at low ownership who has big playability um, and is obviously a big end zone big target in the end zone yep Um, all right any any flyers out there Uh, I mean I'll just throw out the Jets guys again I know I've already kind of hit on this but it's going to be kind of you know, I'd love to play them if Darnold is is in. Um, I would still be interested in Robbie Anderson if he's out. It's just a spot where they're going to have to pass quite a bit, and these Philly DBs are just terrible. Um, we, we basically saw the Packers go one-dimensional versus Philly, which, you know, obviously wasn't great near the uh, red zone last week. But uh, I think there's a spot where Robbie Anderson could definitely catch a big ball. Yeah, I'm going to say – this is if if Josh Allen plays, I do like John Brown at his price um, in this matchup because I, I still like uh, getting those guys, you know, big play deep route receivers who can get um, behind the defense. And like I said, Tennessee struggles are playing with their back, their corner struggle playing with their back to the ball. So those deep balls, I know they had a decent game last game, but they were really just stuffing the run and get getting to Matt Ryan um with a lot of pressure which was causing him to kind of make mistakes and not get there as much but I think it's one of those plays where John Brown could easily beat this defense um for big plays if uh Josh Allen's in um I'm gonna throw one uh hometown boy out there Philip Dorsett I think could be in play with uh John Brown I mean uh Josh Gordon uh is banged up right now and uh easy matchup against uh, Washington. It just feels like a game where he, he might get a couple of touchdowns here. I don't know. You never know. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's move it over to tight end real quick, and then uh, just throw out our couple of our favorite stacks. So um, Tyler Eifert looks like he's going to be pretty chalky. It's Will Disley week all over again. Uh, you know, not a super talented, or at least I mean, Eifert was talented, but he's just I don't know if he has a, a reconstructed back at this point. Um, he doesn't look very talented anymore, um, but he's going to be on the field and he's going to be a passing option against this defense who can't cover tight ends or pretty much cover anyone for that matter. Um, so he's looking like he's going to be pretty chalky. Um, love to get a take from you guys, whether you think it's good or bad chalk. I'm probably going to be off of him. I, I, it's just one of those things where it's, it's tough not to see like, the the play volume um he's he's less than 50 percent of the dropbacks way less than 50 percent uh of the dropbacks this year so i just i think he's not involved enough in his offense and i'd rather grab like a Auden tate for a similar price there than uh at this um uh than ponting at tight end the, the only yeah, problem I mean, for me is there's no clear-cut tight end this week right like, yeah they're uh, both kind of seeing around like 45 50, like they're CJ Uzoma and him are both seeing around 45% of the snaps. Um, so, I mean, I, I wish, like, I wish he was seeing 70 plus percent, but I, I'm probably not going to have a ton of Tyler Eifert either. Um, he's, you know, he's a touchdown or bus guy. And I mean, he could easily not catch touchdown. I like, I don't know. I, I, you saw him drop that touchdown last game. Like he, like, Andy Dalton actually put it on him and he just, he just dropped it. Like it was in his hands and he dropped like Tyler Eifert doesn't look very good. I mean, it's the matchup play, but. I yeah. It's more of an ownership. Uh, it's yeah. more of an ownership fade for me. All right. Uh, are you guys interested in Mark Andrews? Yes. Like uh, for sure. Mark Andrews. And I think the questionable tag helps out uh, a lot of these 50, 50 tags. Like I'm, I'm fine with buying in there. Uh, we, you know, this is a spot where we, we haven't talked about uh, Lamar Jackson or this game in general. And I mean, I feel, I feel pretty good about what I like in this game. So definitely have a game stack here and it will most likely be uh, a Mark Andrews um, and a Lamar uh, stack. So yeah, I definitely um, like that for lowish, lowish tight end ownership here. Yeah. One thing I don't like about Andrews is they were very clear about his, I think he had 29 snaps and like, they pretty much were giving their hand away. Like he wasn't in there for a ton of the snaps and he ran a bunch of passing routes on most of the snaps. I I think it was, it was, it was close. It was 22 or 29 or something like that. But he, like they were making it clear that when he was on the field, they were pretty much throwing the ball most of the time, which I think defenses are going to kind of catch on to. So I hope they get him out there a little bit more and use him a little more. I know his foot, he probably has like an act like his foot injury is obviously a serious one where they don't want to overload him too much, but good defenses will catch on to that eventually. I think the Steelers D is pretty solid. And uh, you know, I, I just don't love him if they're going to continue to only run him out there for, you know, half this, half the snaps or 40% of the snaps, whatever it is. And they're already tipping their hand about, you know, when he's on the field, they're going to throw the ball. All right. Who's you? your favorite, who's your favorite tight end? I think I think Darren Waller would be the guy if I'm paying up for someone. I think I like Darren Waller a good amount in Chicago. I think they're going to struggle with those outside receivers. Williams, Foot, uh, he's 
they're hopeful he plays the coach said um they hope he responds well to treatment but like still i think darren waller is going to see a ton of targets in this game um i like him at 5k on DraftKings. um so I, I think he'd be the number one guy if i had to pay up for one guy cheap guy on dk at 2800 i think Noah fan is in play yeah. and uh the, the, those are two of the guys that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, nothing wrong with Austin Hooper um, for Atlanta, but I, th- I think those are the two guys I'm going to have most of my ownership in. Right. And you can't, I mean, you got to love uh, Darren Waller's production. I mean, or I should say uh, targets percentage of the offense. Uh, talk about a guy that's going to get some touchdown progression. It's him. I mean, you guys had, uh he, he ran targets no he touchdowns. ran so bad last week because they used those gimmick early plays team. for like and they got up uh they ran out to a huge lead off of some yep. guys that nobody we even heard of before um all right um let's uh finish the show with our favorite stacks do you have a favorite stack killaby yeah i mean again like the the popular stacks gonna be in the houston atlanta uh that seems a little easy so i'll just I'll go, didn't really talk about it too much, but um, I mean, Marquise Brown too, like I want to have some ownership and I I feel pretty decent about uh, different Steelers. Um, It's, you know, the funny thing is like, again, like Vance McDonald's questionable, kind of want to know injuries before I kind of like throw this out there and Juju Smith has been hurt, but I think that's a spot where it's kind of sneaky, you know, bringing it back with like a, uh, a James Conner, if he goes again, he's hurt uh, Jalen Samuels, but uh, LJ to like uh, Marquise Brown and uh, Mark Andrews. Are really right. Yeah. I mean, uh, me and Kirk were both like Cincinnati, Arizona. I don't think that's necessarily sneaky, but uh, I think a lower on stack that I'm going to throw out there is the Minnesota Giants game. I think it's very easy to stack up too. Cause you can just bring it back with Golden Tate cause he's super cheap on most sites. So, um, you know, playing Diggs, Thielen, Cousins with Tate, bringing it back, or doing, like I said, if you don't trust Cousins that much, play one of the two receivers. My lean's Thielen, but Diggs is fine too. And then play it with Dalvin Cook and bring it back Golden Tate. Like, there's ways you can do this where you don't have to play Kirk Cousins. But I think that's that's a really interesting tournament uh, stack. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you know, hit hit a big score with that stack. Yep. You took that from me. Um, I like it too. Cause I started to like it more, uh, the more you talked about it on the show. Um, I'm just going to be simple and chalk it up here and say that, you know, I'm really giving serious consideration to just going absolutely all in on the Cincy Arizona game. And uh, if that beats me never playing either anyone from their teams ever again, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's honestly. Listen, I'm if giving... Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray can't do it against Cincinnati, just everyone who's a Kyler Murray truth truther needs to like just like admit that they're wrong. All right, uh, that wraps up the show. Hope you guys have a good week. Have fun on your bachelor party, uh, Killer B, uh, you... JSU. I'll be talking to you. Uh, you know, you're you're around, just a little 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 down the street from me, and. Yeah. Uh, Let's make some money this week, boys. Let's uh, let's come back strong after a disappointing week last week. So, uh, all right. Uh, this is the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.